Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 93rd episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. This week we have Casey Catherwood, creative director and on-field MC of the Tacoma Rainiers, AAA affiliate of the Seattle Mariners. It's great to be back with you all. I hope you had a great time over the holidays and took that opportunity to catch up on some old episodes. Personally, I was back in PA spending quality time with friends and family. Let's do more shout-outs this year, everybody. If you want a shout-out, super easy. Drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. That helps drive us up the charts and turns more people into members of the TARP crew. There is a designated Twitter account for the podcast, so go ahead and follow that at Pulling Tarp Pod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tarp Podcast and reach out about becoming a guest. That's where businesses can reach out as well to become sponsors. And if you really wish, you can also follow me on Twitter at It's R.A. Kuhn. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. There is now Pulling Tarp Podcast merchandise You can now get Pulling Tart Podcast stickers, coffee mugs, and wall art. You can find that on the Pulling Tart Podcast Twitter account or on tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. There is now even a link tree in our bio on Twitter that will take you there. With that being said, let's chat with Casey Catherwood. Casey, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Uh, we tried to get you a couple weeks ago, uh, but you were on holiday, as uh, as they say across the pond. Um, I just learned that recently. How was your recent trip to England? Well, first off, Bobby, thank you so much for having me on, and thank you for your patience. It was my first time in the UK, and man, so... Uh, Obviously, after a crazy season here at Cheney Stadium, um, I encourage every you know every one of my staff, and it's really important to myself to, to take a little time away. Uh, was watching a lot of the show Ted Lasso. You yes. may have heard of it. It's a popular show, I think, on Apple TV. Great show. And I, I thought, man, it looks so nice to just kind of dry out over some some pub beer and watch some football as they call it over there, mm-hmm. and I did just that. I uh, did a lot of record shopping. I did a lot of sitting in uh, bars drinking warm, hand-pumped beers, Ooh. and I got to go see uh, Liverpool play a match against Arsenal. Oh. Incredible, 
sports experience basically the opposite of minor league baseball when you think about it. Right. And uh, just tremendous trip. I would highly recommend anybody that's interested in going going to England get a ticket to Manchester and hop on some trains. You can pretty much see all of it uh, in about 10 days would be my guess. Okay. Very cool. I, I just met some friends recently from England. I went to a Sandals Resort in Antigua and it seemed like 75% of the people that were there were, were British. Um, so I actually met a guy who is a season ticket holder for Nottingham. Um, okay. and, uh, so, so we, we've been, uh, chatting back and forth, uh, you know, ever since we met each other in Antigua. Um, but, but just listening to him as his experience being a Nottingham season ticket holder is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's where I learned that they're, they're on holiday, not on vacation. They're on holiday. Oh, there's no vacations, uh, across the pond. It's, uh, it's a holiday and, and over there, their governments really support them going on long holidays. Yeah, I mean, you, you, people over there go. They go away for a month. Hey, it's quite nice. Yeah. America should uh, should take a ticket out of that out of that book. I agree with that for sure. <laughs> um, uh, the only reason it being the opposite is basically just like you go to a sixty thousand capacity stadium, and there's no there's nothing there's no frills there's no fluff there, you know it's not very un-American. There wasn't even a video board at, at Anfield oh. Stadium, okay, except one small display in the corner corner of the stadium that had the score and the time, and that's it. They don't do PA reads really. They don't do halftime entertainment. Uh, I was, I mean, again, the, the American in me was just kind of taken aback uh, a little bit by that, but also totally respect it and totally understand it. One of the greatest sporting experiences of my life. I agree. I I mean, I grew up playing soccer, as we call it in the States, but I grew up playing football, so um, lo- love the beautiful game, that's for sure. So, um, But glad you enjoyed it and glad you're back stateside now. Um, and we're enjoying some snow here on the East Coast. Uh, it looks like uh, you guys just got rid of it, is what you said before we started recording. So, um, But we're here to talk about your minor league baseball experiences, right? So it seems like you're, you're a pretty popular person in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so how did you become the creative director and on-field MC for the Rainiers? That's a, it's a long process. You know, I, I just celebrated my 33rd birthday. So it, I have led a 33 year life of being someone that loved to entertain, uh, someone I would consider is drawn to creative, just creative work, right. And entertainment in general. Yeah. Um, I thought I wanted to be a teacher when I was growing up. And I think that's because I obviously love people and I love to mentor people, but realistically I like to stand in front of a room and talk to people and try and make things interesting and try to make people laugh. Yeah. Um, obviously, and I, and I, and I think that no one would disagree with this. Teachers don't make as much money as they should in this country and they're not, and it's a, an unfortunate lack of priority in our country uh, for education. That being said, I 
drawn to arts, drawn to writing, started writing for a newspaper, started uh, playing concerts, writing plays with my friends in college, and was also naturally drawn to community-oriented work events. Um, and so I went and actually worked uh, for the city of Redmond, uh, which is my hometown, Redmond, Washington. It's like a 30-minute drive from Seattle. Okay. And got a lot of event planning experience there in creative work, entertaining people, concerts, all of that. And that was the job I got before I worked at the Rainiers. So um, in 2015, I had a friend reach out to me and say the Rainiers are hiring a game entertainment coordinator. I did not know that that was a job. Um, and he said, I'm looking for jobs in sports. This isn't for me, but I thought that this reminded me a lot of you, Casey. And I applied. And again, I didn't know that you could even, I didn't, never really even process it. You, like, I love sports. I've been to hundreds of sports games uh, before working here. But I, I guess, like a lot of people, never put it together that you can have a job working in a sports team. Like, yeah. right? I would have thought, like, coaches, maybe a locker room guy. Anyways, you and I both know, and your listeners know, that there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that goes into this whole thing. Oh, yeah. And it's been part of my life getting this opportunity. And um, as things go, entering my eighth year, you know, you, you get some experience. You work your way up in a place. And now I'm lucky enough to uh, be the creative director here. And I love I love the people of Tacoma, and I love my team, and uh, I love the work. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's a long answer, Bobby. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, so the best the best stories are the are the long stories. I feel. Um, so you were talking about how teachers don't make nearly enough. I agree. I also go on record um, being one of these people that working in sports doesn't pay enough either, unless you're, you know, super high up. So I don't know. I mean, it, it depends on which organization. Obviously, I've never worked at AAA before, um, but how do you, you know, make that make that work, um, I, I guess is the question. Yeah, I think... You know, I I think if you work for the right places and you work there long enough and you do enough good uh, good work, um, I think what I will say about sports is you've got a lot of people that, um, you know, are just getting their start, at, at, you know, getting their start in the industry. And uh, I, I don't think that sports is alone in the fact that when you're just getting your foot in the door in place, you're not going to make a ton of money. Right. Right. Um, I also feel like it's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to stick around and do. Right. So yeah. you, you, to get, to get through a few summers to, to that place where you maybe could get a promotion. So I think a lot of people probably bail out before they even get that to that place. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Yep. I told, I totally understand. Um, one of the reasons why I'm, not still working in sports, honestly. So, um, definitely understand there. Um, every picture that I saw of you being the on-field MC, you're wearing a suit and tie. Yes. Why do you do that? Expl explain how that came to be. So I didn't always, uh, but in 2017, when we hosted the AAA All-Star Game here at Cheney Stadium, it had this 
grand event feel to it. This, uh, oh, this is bigger than usual type of thing. I can't just wear jeans. And so I rented a tuxedo. And I felt good in it, Bobby. I mean, uh, (laughs) I don't know who your heroes are or who you grew up uh, looking up to. But as a 90s baby, uh, I grew up uh, kind of worshipping the the grounds of uh, someone like a David Letterman or your late night hosts. And they always had great looking suits. And so what I will say is it's stuck, one, because um, it makes me feel good. But two, when people see me, they know I'm the host, right? I stand out. I, I look different than the average person. Um, at the game and so maybe that just removes one more thing people have to think about right it's like I could wear a shiny purple vest and a uh, a orange cone on my head or I could just wear a sophisticated outfit that makes me feel confident and uh, that's where I've landed so I've run through a lot of suits um, as you can imagine the sweat, the dirt, the the seats, all of it, uh, have put plenty of holes in the suits over the years. Um, but that is, that is the answer to that question. Makes me feel, uh, com- a little more confident. Okay. Yeah. I, I can, I can see, you know, um, you know, you deciphering yourself from, from everybody else. Um, does the team give you an allowance for your, for your suits? Uh, I have been I have been lucky enough, yeah, to to have been supported in various ways with my suits over the years. Okay, I'm friends with a great tailor here in Tacoma. Um, you know, pe- people. I the the beautiful thing about this city is, man, people just. Uh, and and it's a great thing about working at Cheney Stadium is that people really uh, are proud of the team. And they love to su- support, and so I've been I've been lucky in various ways to be to be gifted suits, gifted okay. bow ties from from people over the years. It's it's been a I have not carried that burden alone. Okay, um, you're taking one from a, a fellow Washington guy, um, Eric the Peanut guy. He wears oh, yeah. a, he wears a bow tie as well. Um, he is. Someone I would consider a brother in baseball. Yeah, absolutely. He's also he's been, been a, one. He's also been a guest on this podcast. So I well, I had to listen to his episode to get ready for this. Oh, there we go. All right, all right. Wow, that's the the suit and tie thing is is cool. It's not something you find everywhere. I like it though. Well, cool. It's actually quite hot to wear during the summer. Well, that's true. But when people ask me. Uh, how are you doing that? Because it's hot. I'm wearing a t-shirt and shorts. I uh, just tell them, you know me. I'm I'm cold blooded. I run I run cold. <laughs> have you roll their eyes and then I move on? <laughs> have you ruined a suit while pulling tarp? Um, I have not ruined a suit while pulling tarp, but as you can imagine, um, pulling tarp in a suit and dress shoes uh, is probably not necessarily deal but something i have um done um more than a handful of times sure sure uh, so i also um saw something i think it was on your guys's website um can you explain the tacoma rainiers uh treat people with kindness initiative sure um uh, not so much initiative as an in-game promotion okay um uh, but 
coming out of a canceled baseball season, which 2020, as you can imagine, we had no baseball here at Cheney Stadium. Mm -hmm. I really just got the feeling like 2021 would be a year where people would be coming to the stadium to feel good, to heal maybe even together with their community. Mm-hmm. And the Tacoma Bangers Treat People with Kindness was a all-season-long initiative. And we didn't do it very often, but we did this in-game bit called the Tacoma Rangers Treat People with Kindness where we got to do nice things for people like um, reunite a father and son who had been in the military or help people ask their girlfriend to marry them or give people presents, um, but all under this wheel, which most of Tacoma Rainier's game entertainment is, which is just like a little bit odd and weird. Sure. Um, so I would sort of use it as an opportunity to, to preach about uh, extending a hand to your neighbor, sort of have this churchy vibe to it, and then we would maybe introduce uh, like a crying pirate character, like a, a sad pipe, like imagine a, a fully dressed pirate his our resident uh, downtrodden pirate Captain Saddens is crying while eating popcorn, and we would I would try and tell him jokes to cheer him up, <laughs> and then we would actually do something sweet and nice for someone in the crowd or a, a section, whatever. And so uh, it's a real it's it's a it's a mechanism to obviously uh, encourage kindness here in the community, but uh, more often than not, it's a we're trying to take our fans in between innings on a small journey, Bobby. Sure. Okay. I like it. I like it a I lot. Think you would have liked to have seen it in person. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, the, the you know, reuniting military families that, that or, or um, witnessing an engagement, those are all heart-pulling, you know, things and uh, definitely, you know, something that can be found in minor league baseball in small towns across the united states but i love what you guys are doing um it's it's fantastic um especially after a year with no baseball i mean for sure yeah thank you yeah um how we will continue people with kindness in 2022 by the way (laughs) i i think we need it now more than ever maybe um agree yeah um so I was, you know, doing some research and I discovered that you have a Casey Catherwood's fans Instagram page. There's just a a a fan page for you on Instagram. How does that feel? Uh obviously very flattering. I will say that that group um and I know who they are. They're you know, young uh fanatical local teenagers in Tacoma, they are they will find photos of, of me that I've never seen before. Not even ones they took, but like childhood photos. Oh. Uh, I don't know. They might be in cahoots with my mom. I'm not really sure, but it's quite flattering. <laughs> That's a little freaky. What else can you say? Some people are like, it's so creepy, and I, uh, I don't really operate like that. Yeah. It's a it's a little freaky, um, but also pretty darn funny if your mom's in cahoots with them for sure. Yeah, I I mean you can never count my mom out for anything. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so 
also, again, doing research, and you have your own website dedicated to uh, your creative work outside of the Rainiers. Um, you know, you're, you do a lot of artwork um, and writing and that kind of stuff. How do you find the time to work on that kind of stuff? Um, I think it's definitely about finding balance. You know, everything is about finding balance. And I have um, great energy for the things that I decide to invest my mind and heart into. I find great energy uh, physically to do them. And, um, you know, the off season is great for that because you've got more weekends than usual. Mm Mm-hmm. On most nights, I'll go home and work after work. I really like to, to do that. You know, if I, if I could probably do anything full-time for the rest of the uh, utopian dream world, I would be a painter. I would just paint. Okay. Uh, and hopefully I will get to do that. And I, I'm manifesting it now. I will be able to do that later on in my life. Right. But just, if you really love something, you find the time to do it. And I really love to do those things. And I'm really I'm impressed that you you found that site and thank you for bringing that up because I uh, I really am passionate passionate about that. Yeah, absolutely. Do you sell any of your artwork? I'm currently working on an art show, which I will sell every every piece, oh, wow. um, and hoping for that to to happen sometime in late 2022 or early 2023. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I just know that. Um, you know, working in minor league baseball full time, you don't get a lot of time for really anything else, you know, relationships, family, um, you know, fun. So, so it's, it's honestly amazing that you find the time to, to fit that in. And, and, um, it's incredible artwork, honestly. I, I wish I had that creative ability, so... Oh, thank you, brother. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you, Bobby. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, so what are some new things that the Rainiers fans can expect in 2022? You know, it's interesting because we had a lot of uh, promotions and things we were excited about for 2020 and 2021 yep. that have still, we're still kind of experiencing of like the, the, the strange rollout of some of the stuff that we had been working on before March of 2020. Right. And Mm -hmm. so we've got some exciting uh, promotions that we didn't run in 2021 that had been planned for 2020. Uh, We're really excited about this year's throwback weekend where we are going to uh, essentially transform the Cheney stadium experience to be uh, almost like a fictionalized version of the Rainiers playing at 1960 Cheney Stadium. Okay. Um, I've got some new game entertainment segments I'm excited to try out this year, including uh, which of these fans is hiding something and is it wine? <laughs> uh, what? I would really like, and I'm working on finding the right costume to debut a new uh, game entertainment mascot character called Bridezilla. Ooh. Uh, and you can imagine Bridezilla. It's uh, she. It is a, it's a monster. It's a literal <laughs> monster. Right. Uh, so those would just be a few things that I'm excited about. But you know, with all of the uncertainty 
that's kind of up in the air still. Like we're just riding this strange wave as humans, mm-hmm. you know, in a, that I haven't experienced in the years that have preceded the last couple. It's hard to say what to expect in 2022, <laughs> but what I do know is, and I and I've gone on record saying this, so I, I don't feel bad saying it. No matter what, as long as we're allowed to have fans at Cheney Stadium, our fans, which are the thing that make this place great, they'll be here and they'll show up and they'll support their team because they love, they love, they love the city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. There. Um. Yeah. There's just too so much uncertainty in already in this we're we're recording this on the 3rd of january there's a lot of uncertainty um for 2022 but um as long as you guys can still play ball i i i know you guys are gonna have a top-notch show for sure so um the the bridezilla that i don't know if you get a monster costume and then put a wedding dress on it or if you do but that's the way or if you design the costume, you know, all in one. I don't, I don't know. But um, I want like really, really solid Godzilla sort of like kaiju style dinosaur costume, and then I will get it a very well made bridal outfit. Um, okay. And you know, the thing about most bridezillas, they're misunderstood. It's yes. just a stressful situation, and sometimes stressful situations bring out the worst in us. It's just uh, unfortunate that anybody that's in the the wake or the path of this bridezilla uh, is going to have to, uh, yeah, incur that wrath. Right, right. Okay. Um, so, you've been the on-field MC for a while now. What is the weirdest interaction that you've had with a fan? I've had a lot of weird interactions with fans. I've had a lot of amazing, heartfelt interactions with fans. But my favorite weird thing, and it was a recurring thing, and I haven't seen this guy in a while, so I wonder if he's alive. Mm. Uh, He would bring me pretty much once a homestand, a whole, like, not like shrink wrap, but I don't even how you describe what you do to, like, meat to preserve it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like a whole smoked trout in like a plastic thing and he was like he was always just kind of really like sly about it like he would be like hey come here and then he'd pull it out of his bag which i don't even know how he got it in the stadium (laughs) because it's like not allowed and he would like discreetly hand me a whole smoked trout wow and obviously you know i live in the pacific northwest fresh fish right up my alley but still just the the whole nature of it and the way he would give it, but also the fact that it was like regular and that we didn't speak about anything else. Oh. It was just that marks that as, as a notably weird interaction. Yeah, that's super weird. I was going to say like, oh, you're friendly with the guy. Like he knows you like trout, blah, blah, blah. No, he just, um, did you ever eat the trout? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I ate the trout. Uh, I, and it's it was very good. He would he and it, he would write the date on it so you wouldn't lose track of its expiration. And then it would be like uh, alder smoked this time or like cedar smoked. Oh. Um, quite good. I hope he's alive. Yeah, and I guarantee he'll never hear this podcast. 
but if he if he's out there and he remembers this, uh, come and visit us at the stadium sometime. Bring mm-hmm. a fish. I don't know how you're going to get into the stadium. The, the, the COVID policies have gotten more strict Ooh. Uh, outside food. Sure, sure. Wow, that... I've never heard that one before. Yeah, oh. smoke truck. Okay, all right. I like it. Um, so, I mean, I can only re- really imagine the Pacific Northwest. You're right outside of Seattle. Um, you got to have some wild tarp stories, right? Yeah, man. Uh, well, first off, you might want to attach it to the episode if you possibly can. It's not my story, but it is the internet story, and I know the person that posted it, and then obviously I know the mascot, Rhubarb, the reindeer, very well. He's a personal friend of mine. There is a video, and all you have to do is go and type in on YouTube, Rhubarb goes, like, Rhubarb goes down with the tarp, or like, Rhubarb mascot tarp. Okay. But there is it's it's pixelated because it's like 2013 2011 but there's a great video of rhubarb our mascot helping out with the tarp on the just like a downpour clearly this game is not going to be played and rhubarb slips on the first little hinge and the tarp goes over rhubarb bobby you love you love pulling tarp. You have to see this video. <laughs> I your do. Fans need, you know, your listeners need to see it. Rhubarb goes down with the tarp is the official name. That is that is crazy. And he comes out. He lives. Obviously, Rhubarb is still with us in 2022. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's harrowing. I have obviously been a part of tarp pulls where we saw other people go under it a little bit, but never in a mascot costume and never the full pullover. It's not a safe sport, the, no. the, the tarp pole. It's not safe. No, it's it's definitely not. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I can't believe the mascot got into the tarp pole, number one, and then he, and then he I failed. Think that, I think Rhubarb thought it would be funny, or like fun, and yeah. then quickly realized that this isn't for reindeer, this is for people with, you know with good solid fields of vision and uh you know not furry hands <laughs> right right i gotta viscosity and grip of real skin that's to grab on whatever they are poles yeah that's true um yeah i'm definitely gonna have to find that video and just tweet it out as like a preview of the episode oh, for sure goes down all right okay sounds good sounds good um so, you said that this is going to be your eighth season with the Rainiers. You know as well as I do, there's a ton of things that pop up that aren't in your job description when you work in minor league baseball. So, my question is, what is the most other duties as a sign moment in your MILB career? So, that's the only question that you asked that I kind of like really kind of run into a dead end with and I and I will say it like this is that I in the last seven years going into eight years have experienced so much and obviously yes I understand that in, in minor league sports and sports in general you kind of hop into so many things I, I really believe that the Tacoma Rainiers we have a good solid team and everybody cares about the end goal so much that I can't I, I can't think of a single department that I haven't 
interacted with at right. some point or, or been a part of in some small way, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it is from pulling tarp to helping pack season ticket boxes to cleaning up messes, weird messes that happen when there's eight, you know, 7,000 people in the stadium or uh, heaven forbid getting in a mascot costume so many times. Uh, and I don't usually like to pull the, the wool back on that, but I think we all know that, um, you know, mascot. Sometimes people have to wear mascot costumes. Yeah. Um, I've done a lot of that, and I think I proudly, uh, again, as as a proud member of this team that does our best to put on for Tacoma. You just do it. You just go yeah. like, go about it. You don't think really about that. And right. I, and I've seen that mentality. The best people that have worked here the longest all have had that mentality. And so I wish that I had like some weird be all end all, like that's the one thing that really felt like the other duties assigned. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's just been, there've been a lot, you know, and, yeah. and none of them have felt that odd just because I know the, I know the end goal, you know? Sure. Sure. No, I, I totally right. get it. Trying to get- answers for everything but that's sort of my heartfelt answer i didn't really have a funny one for that okay what's worse in your opinion pulling tarp or being the mascot being the mask being a mascot yeah yeah it's a it's a young man's sport and i've never really i've always sort of been an old soul even when i was younger (laughs) okay okay yeah i would i would say that as well um you know you you can't really um you can't you know you gotta itch your nose you can't do that you're sweating the whole time you can't wipe your face with anything i love large crowds and i and i'm even fine to be packed in with people but something about that makes me very claustrophobic yeah yeah and you know you're never as itchy as when you can't scratch an itch that's a good point yeah yeah i in uh in Beloit, the mascot was a turtle, Snappy, and like, but so he has a shell, and your back like conforms to the shape of the shell. So that that one that hurts. That's, was it like? Is it hard? It's not like a soft turtle. He's like hard on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that one was not great. Hey. Like people, mascots come in all shapes and sizes, Bobby. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I'll, I would go on record saying being a mascot is definitely worse than pulling tarp for sure. Um, let's see. Okay, so did has anything ever come up during a game that's pretty out of the ordinary that you've had to assist with? Oh man, I mean, there's from a variety of. I'm sure that everybody's told stories about weird alarms going off in the middle of games those are always the best um i I, this question really makes me think of um one of the oddest things i ever saw happen and it really wasn't even that odd um but a few and i guess they're still a sponsor of ours so i can still talk about this um probably like five years ago um chick-fil-a has had this large cumbersome speaking of mascots large cumbersome like cow costume yeah and it's like so tall it's like it i swear it becomes like 
anybody who wears it becomes like nine feet tall. <laughs> I have no idea where the field of vision is whatsoever. Um, Chick-fil-A cow, nice, beautiful, hot Sunday game day, uh, crowded park, all of that. Um, is either involved in or actually throws out a first pitch. I can't remember. It's minor league baseball. A lot of that stuff blurs together. Right. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's a corporate it's a corporate sponsor thing. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, once that's over, I can kind of wash my hands of that and go on to do my my thing, whatever, somewhere else in the park. But the problem was that I think. Um, the, the, the corporate partner people also saw, thought the same thing in this moment. So the game started and no one took the cow off the field. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and I don't know if the cow knew how to get out. So I want to say like, and I'm at the very, I'm like towards the top of the stadium, you know, like everybody knows their trap doors and their ways, way, ways out to right. get to park. But like, the players are on the field. There's a pitcher pitching. There's hitters swinging at balls. And this cow is, like, on the warning track, in like, in front of the visitor's dugout. Oh. And it's just like, I don't really know what to do. Right. And remember, all of my staff were so far away at this point, just all look at each other and just go, oh, no, once we recognize it. And that... That moment really st- stands out to me. I don't even remember how it gets resolved, but I think I ended up just sprinting down, opening the gate, and being like, cow, cow, come on, cow. Let's get you out of here, oh. cow. And the cow sort of saunters off. It's probably scared, hot, uh, plus, plus their hearts. I, I've met a lot of mascots in my day, Bobby. I've met a lot of them, but that cow, <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> That one was particularly odd. Oh my gosh! So, where was he at on the field? In the on the warning track? Yeah, like on the on, in between um, home plate and first base, just on the dirt, kind of like near a gate, but like in front of the first base dugout, the visitors dugout. Oh my like, gosh! You know, the players are just there to play the game. They're not going to stop for the cow. Just like anything, they don't stop for anything. They're just in their world. Right. I'm surprised the umpires didn't see him. Yeah, Uh. I don't know. I'm surprised umpires don't see a lot of things, Bobby. This is true. This is true. This is true. All right. I know we did. Uh, Can I just replace it with robots? (laughs) Okay. All right, I I can you know some depending on the game I watch I can get behind that honestly. I also will say uh, funny how this works, especially when I was younger. Uh, no, you uh, will not be surprised to hear that like an unruly sort of like wild, crazy game entertainment person at any level of minor league sports is usually not like on good terms with umpires just in general like you're on the field too long you shoot yeah. a confetti can and it rains all over them stuff like that so um i'm already like uh i've got a i've got a terse relationship with umpires it's gotten better over the years yeah, yeah i i have already i'm sorry um one of one of my good friends um his name's bill he was our on-field mc in beloit 
and um, he was our director of corporate sales. But he and I both work for the same insurance company now, so we we can like message each other back and forth. So I talk to him almost every day, actually. Um, but he is a salesperson through and through, right? And just he's very long winded. Just goes on and on and on and on, and. There are sometimes, like, and I was always the PA announcer, so there were sometimes I would have to cut him off in the middle of a sentence just so that I can announce the batter's name and get him to shut up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, that timer is there for a reason. We've all been, we've all been in the boat where you go a little bit over. Um, fortunately, I've had to be... Uh, I, I have a very good relationship with our PA announcer, Randy McNair, one of my dearest friends, and uh, but he's never had to cut me off, I don't think. I So they have the timer in what, AAA and AA now, right? Yeah. But not in in single A yet. So, so it's just at the umpire's discretion, like right. Murray, the know-what-up. Yeah, Interesting. I mean, it's it's usually, you know, nine, 90 seconds, but... Yeah. I mean, obviously, sometimes that changes. That is two minutes, and I know they want you done, but gosh, sometimes I'll be like, you know what? This one's important. It needs to be seen. We're going. We're going one minute forty-five. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. There you go. Um, so we do have one listener question, I believe. And so it is from Arthur J. Witten. Um, and is, is, it says, Casey, what is the most memorable in-game promotion or skit that had to be shelved or just didn't land like you thought it would? Well, this one's actually kind of perfect because, um, it, it's it's a it's a oh my gosh this is this is gonna be a, this is gonna be an interesting one <laughs> for the longest time I, I'm a big you know what I'll say I like a good musical I'm very picky about musicals I'll okay. say this much very picky about musicals I either love them or hate them and one of my all time favorite uh, favorites is the Phantom of the Opera okay I really wanted to do like a nine inning long saga of the Phantom of the Opera where, you know, like, there's a phantom of Cheney Stadium, which is where we play, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, I mean, you know the story of the Phantom of the Opera, it's a little violent, it's a little scary, Sure. so I have yeah, that we would we would rig up, like, a dummy to fall from one of the light towers, and, you know, because the phantom pushed him, whatever, like, in between innings, the lights go out, all of that, uh, unfortunately, it's a little macabre for, for, a, for a, a, even a family, a f- friendly event. So n- I was not allowed to throw anything off the roof, uh, off of the light towers. Also, you can't turn the lights off in the middle of the game. So sure. there was that. Uh, but I did, that was like maybe six or seven years ago. And then recently, uh, in the last couple of years, 
And this is, it only worked because we were also doing entertainment for a uh, USL soccer team. So you get oh. these longer breaks at halftime. Yeah. And so we did bring the Phantom of Cheney Stadium uh, to uh, a game there for a 15-minute halftime uh, show under the guise that it was Bring Your Nephew to Work Day. I don't know if you've ever heard of this holiday. Some people bring their children to work. Yeah. Um, I did a... Uh, uh, bring your nephew to work day where I had a, I brought my nephew and he was my co-host for, oh. for, for that. Show. It was very nice. And then things are going wrong in the halftime show. And as it turns out, it's the phantom of Cheney stadium. Uh, and he's also brought his nephew to the stadium. Uh, we had a little phantom up there and then, you know, it just, it, it didn't land. Something didn't feel right. Our, our, uh, the, the, our, one of my friends who played the Phantom, he didn't feel like his song was as good as he thought it was going to mm. be. And so I just feel like maybe the Phantom of Cheney Stadium is not meant to be. But what I will say to Arthur J. Witten is, if you're an idea person, which I claim to be, and I feel like I am one, you've got to try it. If, if, if you're going to be in a place where you can try it and someone says, yeah, all right, go go ahead and try it, you got to try it. And the thing is, not most great things don't land immediately so especially in entertainment mm -hmm. if you really want it you'll do it again no matter what even if it's a bust that first time i've had a lot of great things that are that are considered staples of cheney stadium game entertainment uh not not blow the doors off the first time or the second time or the third time yeah but you just gotta keep doing it you know what i mean and i've had a lot of uh you know, to, to just the, the whole like uh, name one great thing is, is tough for me. It's been a long road, Bobby. Yeah. But I will a lot of memories uh, working in working in this sport and yeah. in this job. There's a lot of memories. For sure. For sure. Um, I mean, I have I can think of at least two right now of, you know, promotions that just didn't hit the way that I wanted them to. Um you know, it, you know, you you have to stay within a budget, and if, if your dreams exceed the budget, then sometimes it doesn't work out well. Um, one of them was, and I've mentioned this before, is uh, in about twenty minutes away from from where I'm recording the show. Um, there's a p pretty popular country singer. He's he said. I think three or four number one hit singles on the charts. He was he was the um, you know best best new country artist of the year in twenty twenty one. Blah blah blah. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's local here. And uh, my my thought was let's do a bobblehead giveaway. Let's have him come sing the national anthem, sign autographs, take pictures with people, that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, we we had a pretty good deal, and um, the powers that be waited a little bit too long, and his first number one hit single came out, and the price went up three times as what they told us it was going to be, so we just did the bobblehead instead of him coming out to the ballpark. Yeah. Now, we're about 45 minutes away from his hometown and where he went to to school at where the where the stadium is so yeah we're about 45 minutes away from where he's from so 
maybe maybe it was just you know and he does like poppy country too so maybe it was just you know the real country people didn't didn't like his new style of music maybe it was it was too long of a drive for people from his hometown to to come out or you know maybe it was you know that he didn't come to the game like if he would have came maybe it would have done a lot better another one was um in Beloit, the Josh Murray won the uh, Bachelorette, and come to find out, he was a former Beloit snapper, and okay. um, and I had no idea that this was going on because why would I? Um, one of, one of my interns told me about it, and uh, he played on the team with um, Prince Fielder and Ricky Weeks and. And, um, you know, some pretty prominent guys. He was, I think, a second-round draft pick. Um, and he won the Bachelorette. And uh, so I, you know, we tried to capitalize on that. And it, it just didn't really hit like I wanted to. to. You know, we, we had no money left in the budget to bring him and her out to the ball game. You know, that kind of stuff. So I wonder how that's the celebrity stuff we i haven't really gotten an opportunity to do much of that outside of like an organic way here at the park and i wonder how yeah i just i just wonder how those things go right and how things go those things go wrong because you do hear stories about um those things just going over like gangbusters and then it seems like there's so many stories where it's like yeah we had a we had a celebrity chef uh, come out, and and every and we thought it was going to be amazing, and we made a special dish on the on on in the concessions, and we, you know what I mean, like gave away free rubber rubber lobsters yeah. because this chef uh, specializes in lobsters, and uh, fourteen people bought the ticket package, and it was extremely off awkward uh, yeah. explaining it to chef. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that those didn't hit. They are memories now, though. Yeah. The only one that, I mean, it, it, didn't, it didn't even go over, like, gangbusters or anything like that, but really the only one that I can think of that, like, went pretty well as far as, like, a celebrity appearance goes was um, Squints from The Sandlot. He, oh, he came, yeah. He came out to to a game. Um, you know, he, he reminisces, or, yeah, with um he hits with a bunch of different audiences so so oh yeah he's super super nice guy yeah super nice guy i got to take him to the airport at four o'clock in the morning so yeah um so casey where can the listeners find you on social media yeah so i have a twitter I have a Instagram, I have a website, and I have a Facebook, and it's all at Casey Catherwood or CaseyCatherwood.com. Yeah. So it's pretty, my name, okay. um, the, the benefit of having a name that is not super common. Yeah. That's... And I try to post, I try to post insightful content, uh, I try to give people an inside look into my life. Sometimes it's more fun than others, and but I always speak from the heart, Bobby. All right. Gotta love that. Um, so you've listened to a couple of other episodes from what it sounds like. Um, there is a Spotify playlist with all of these walk-up songs. Um, 
during your minor league baseball career, what has been your favorite walk-up song, and whose was it? Yeah, Ian Miller uh, was a tremendously fun prospect that the Rainiers had for a few years. I don't know if he ever caught on the M's, but he was definitely a really fun player here because he had a great attitude. He was really weird. He was fast and stole a lot of bases. He might have even set like a stolen bases record for the Rainiers for like a single season. And he came up to, uh, oh gosh, it's uh, the David Bowie song. David Bowie, uh, ground control to Major Tom. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah to major tom space space not space i don't know if it's called space odyssey space space something space oddity okay he can space oddity sorry that took me so long to figure out uh, and that one always stood out to me and i was like that's actually pretty cool that pretty cool that he did that because a lot of guys you know they come up to hip-hop and i love it or rap and i love that yeah or uh or reggaeton, and I love that. Uh, but when you when you mix it up and you throw in a little David Bowie in the mix, uh, well, people people's ears perk up. Yeah, not a super popular walk up song, I would I would no. think so. Space Oddity is not on the current playlist. No, no, it's not. Oh, good, good. Well, no. now it will be. Ian yes. Miller, Space Oddity. All right, perfect, man. Casey, that's all I got for you, man. Uh, so thank you so much for taking the time to come on the Pulling Tart podcast. I know we caught you during during work hours, but uh, uh, it's, what, 5 o'clock on the West Coast now, so you, I'll let you go home and uh, maybe watch some Monday Night Football or, or work on some art or, uh, you know, what I have you. Steelers-Browns tonight? Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's uh, Miles Garrett said he wanted to make it uh... – Ben Roethlisberger's last game. That'll be interesting. <laughs> be interesting. Yeah, yeah, very, it very well could be. So, thank you so much, Casey. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on the Pulling Tart Podcast. Happy New Year! Best of luck in twenty twenty two, and let's stay in touch. All right, thank you so much, Bobby. Be well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you. This is ground control to you really made the grade And the papers want to know Who's shirt you wear Now it's time to leave the capsule If you dare This is Major Tom to ground control I'm stepping through the door You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.